I'm so glad we can all join together uh, as we are, whether you're joining us online or uh, here in the congregation, whether we're upstairs or downstairs. Uh, just thank you for coming uh, this morning. I'm Paul Reimer. I uh, am a husband, a, a disciple of, of Christ, a follower of the way, um, and I am grateful that we have all come together here to hear what God has to speak with us this morning. So um, let us just pray. God, as, as we come before you this morning, God, may you soften our hearts. God, may, may you be with our, our restless spirits, God, in, in the busyness of life, God, during uh, a global pandemic, God, during uh, a time of, of chaos, a time of, of uncertainty, God. We come to you and we settle our hearts, knowing that, God, you care and you provide for us. Lord, may you bless us this morning, God. May, may we know the great love that your Son has poured upon us, God, and may we rest in you. In your name we pray, amen. Well, if you will flip in your Bibles with me to 2 Samuel 7, verse 1. Uh, for those who aren't as familiar with working with your Bibles, um, it's the 10th book of, of, the, of the Bible, and so it goes Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, and then you'll get to 1 Samuel, and we ought to go to the second part of Samuel. And then in that, we'll go to chapter 7. Um, again, actually, just thank you. Uh, I see my aunt and uncle, Glenn and Myrna, here. Thank you for coming. It's a long trip to be here. Uh, and uh, as some of you may know, this is my wife uh, playing up here. Uh, we just, we are so grateful that you guys have opened up uh, church here and, and allowed us to, to come and preach. Um, so, as you're flipping there, I'll introduce a little bit more about myself. Uh, I'm your guest preacher today, so that's something. Uh, I grew up uh, going to MCI, like any good Mennonite boy would, right? Uh, we... Over, over in Gretna, and, and I had some ambitions uh, for my life. I wanted to go into the medical field coming out of high school, and for some reason, it didn't seem like that's where God had placed me. Instead, I got taken to uh, BC to do a leadership program there, and I was curious, wh why God? Why would you not want me to go into medicine? And and we are so grateful for all those that are, are working rigorously during this time, uh, for the doctors and nurses and, and those who care for, for the sick. This is a good thing to pursue. God, why would you not want me to pursue after medicine? And he said no. A little while later, I uh, was finishing a, a music degree at, at Briarcrest, and I had studied so hard. I, I had put so much time into this, this education, into, into this, uh, this searching after, after him, and at the same time singing praises. And I got towards the end of the, to the, my time there, and I felt God saying, no, I don't want you to pursue after music. I, I see my, my, my former classmates. One of them is in the, the Canadian Opera Company, which is the most elite singing group in Canada, and it's, it's amazing the journey that God's taken him on, but I came to the end of it after all that work, and I felt God saying no. 
How would you respond if God said no to your greatest ambition? Something that you would feel that would praise him and make him so happy. What if God said no to something like that? For some of us here, it might mean a business transaction. You know, maybe, maybe we want to buy more land, more property, a new bin, um, make a, some sort of financial investment. And God, this, this will help my family uh, feel more secure, feel more safe. God, this will, will help our church. And what if God says no? What if you're faced with immense difficulty and you feel that it's not in God's will to do the greatest thing that you feel you could do for him? For our church, it might mean that we get a huge donation for something. And we're like, oh man, we can start up all these programs. We can do all these things within our community. And at the moment, God says, no, be patient. Man, that's hard. For some of you um, that may be tuning me out, you might be looking at the clock. And I would just ask, no, please be patient. <laughs> for some of us here today, we have huge plans for God. Huge things that we want to do for him. And those are great, and we want to encourage you today in those things. But if God is saying, no, be patient, we, oh, we, we want to listen to that. That's where we meet our narrative today. If you're in 2 Samuel 7, you'll notice that in the first three chapters, David has this great, grand idea you know, throughout, throughout chapter 6 and 7, he's been leading Israel through this amazing journey. And, and they've, they've conquered more land than what they did with, with the previous king. They, they, sorry, they've been working with God in, in a more intense manner. They've been walking side by side, it seems, with them. And they've taken this city called Jerusalem, this amazing city that is geographically placed in the perfect location. It has a better water source than the previous one. It has a better foundation than the previous place that they are at. God is sending them in this amazing path. And now, and now we are met with, with David, this amazing king. He comes from humble beginnings. He comes from being a shepherd boy, which was the, the lowest of the low in some ways. And God reminds them in this narrative that that's where you've come from. And I have made you a king over my chosen people. Wow. And, and David is in the city of Jerusalem. And he's, he's sitting, possibly resting in his palace. It, it, it says that he's, he's resting there. And, and just like this morning, I, I can only imagine, he, he's sitting there and, and he's, he's in this great palace of cedar. And he hears the trickling of rain. In this grand, grand success story that this man has met on, he hears this trickling of rain. And instead of thinking on success, he thinks of the one who gave it to him. He thinks God's Ark of the Covenant, this symbol that God is with us. God is traveling with us. Is sitting 
in a fragile tent outside his grand palace. He thinks of God before himself. You could also look at this in a skewed way, and the other nations around this time would try to make their place the religious capital of the world and try to control and manipulate God. But it doesn't seem that that's where David's heart is at. It doesn't seem that he's per se trying to follow after the other nations, but we should take a little bit of caution. Why does David want to do this? And so what, what, is, what is the first thing that he does? He comes to his greatest spiritual advisor, his, his mentor, we might say, his, his, his pastor, his, the, the person that he knows can connect him with the one that matters most. He comes to Nathan. This is the first time we ever hear of Nathan, and I think we, we, we cut Nathan a little bit short. People often say, you know, Nathan gave him advice and, and gives him, you know, complete permission to, to build this great temple because he doesn't want God to be in this, in this tent that they have made. And Nathan gives him permission and says, yeah, that's a great idea. How would we react, though, if we were given just the most prime opportunity? Let's, let's say we are a, a business leader of our, our corporation, and, and we have been given a huge, uh, huge, huge opportunity to pursue something, and we feel, how could this not be God at work? Nathan might be thinking, man, we have, we're in the capital of Israel. Everything is going super, super well. We have the king asking to do this, so we have unlimited financial resources. We have so many things that makes this seem like such a good idea. So obviously, yes, let's do this. This is amazing. That same day, Nathan is met by God. In verse 4, but that same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan. Go tell my servant David. And he goes off onto this big, long, long, beautiful way of telling David no. Man, if I had... If I had a mentor that could be this gracious, this caring in saying no to some of my greatest ambitions in my life, man, wouldn't that be someone that I want to be in relationship with on a daily basis? God goes to show David, you know what? I've taken Israel on this long, long journey. We've, we've come from Egypt from times of, of oppression. I've set them free. I've taken them into the promised land. We've been traveling around in a tent. We haven't had a place to sit. And David, I really appreciate that you want to build this house for me. But I want you to know, David, I am going to build a house for you. And this is kind of a play on words. This 
this house that David wants to build is a physical building, like what we're in right now. But when we talk about the church, we don't always talk about the building, do we? We talk about the people, the relationships, the hope that we have. David asks God to build him a house, and God responds with, no, I have something better. I have something better for you. Not only will I remember my people Israel, where they've come from, where you've come from, David, as a lowly shepherd to being this king of Israel, but I will build you a house as in a dynasty that will be everlasting. And we will see this dynasty in the ultimate fruition of Christ. David's told that his name will be will be well known. It's actually, it's interesting, in, in verses about 8 to, to 12, we see a very similar picture of Genesis 12, 1 to 3, with the greatest covenant that we get, Abrahamic covenant, that God will bless all the nations through Abraham. And now, if that's the greatest covenant, this is the second greatest one. Because not only does God promise that again, but he says is that, David, your line will not end, and there will be somebody that I will call a son, and he will call me father, and I will bless all the nations through him. God is holding back David from something better. God God makes David what we call the Davidic covenant. And this Davidic covenant does not impose legal conditions. This covenant offers grace, promise, a graceful promise of an unbroken successor of the kings upon the throne of David. Although unfaithful kings will be chastised, will be punished for the ways that they act, God will not retract his covenant of grace that he has made with David. Friends, family of Corning Mennonite Church, I want you to know that Jesus is the best thing that there is, and there is nothing more that you could be waiting out on. There is nothing more to look for that is better. Through God saying no, be patient, he's making us say yes to something that is better. In going back to those times that God said no in my life, coming out of high school, I, I went to this leadership program and that led me to Briarcrest where I found a love for music, where I found a community that encouraged me in a way that, that tested my understandings of the scriptures in new ways, that, that encouraged me in my faith, that encouraged me in my walk with Christ. 
man, what a thing to say no to for something better for me. To that music degree that I was chasing after, to that, that career, if it wasn't for that music, that time studying music, I wouldn't have met my wife. My wife and I were both <laughs> music students that, um, that, just, that just had a heart for it. And we still do. But I felt God saying no to that. And I found myself in a, a studying to become a military chaplain now. Man. I feel the way that God is leading in some of those no's brings us to something that is better. He's brought me to a place where I feel at peace with him and I feel that, that God is leading me in the direction that he has for my life. Friends, would we not want the same? I, I challenge you this week. I'm going to ask you for two things. The first one, uh, I'm going to ask you to actually read through, if you've got your, your Bible still open to 2 Samuel 7, put a bookmark in it, put something there, hold it there, and, and read through the whole chapter, or read through 18, verses 18 all the way to 29, and watch how David responds to this amazing no be patient. I have something better. David wants to do something great for God, but instead, God did something even greater for him. As you'll notice, hopefully through David's response, he did three things. He submitted to what God told him. He listened to God's words. And he worshipped God. Whether, whether this is David writing this, or whether this is somebody else, and they've over-glorified David, or, or whether this is exactly what happened, what an amazing response. What a charge for us to move forward in those times, those heart-wrenching times. Friends, I know some of us are hurting. I know that there are loved ones that have passed, there are loved ones that are still in the hospital. I know there are things that are happening on a daily basis that you are hurting. And, and we are sorry that those things are happening, but we serve a God that is greater. We serve a God that is worthy of praise even through the hard times. We serve a God that is worthy of, of listening to. That's when he says no. How much better would it be if before we started something, we prayed and asked God, whether it was good or bad, how much better would our world be? How much better would your world be, friend, if you don't know Jesus if you know that there is somebody that cares about you, that like David, has watched your journey from shepherding to kingship, has watched your journey from, from whatever 
stereotype people might give you to being where you are now, whether that's a broken place or whether that's a place of praise, whether it's a valley or, or a mountaintop. Friends, if you knew that God, how much better would this world be? How much better would your world be knowing that you can serve a God, that you have a friend that is closer than anyone ever will be, that knows your story through and through, knows where you've come from, knows where you're going, but is willing to take the time to be with you right now. How much better would the town of Killarney be if, if we brought that same Jesus, that same Savior, to our neighbors, to our closest friends that we know are struggling. We know we're going through tough times. We know we're going through great times. Doesn't matter where they're at. How much better would the town of Killarney be if so many more of us knew the gift of salvation? I'm I'm going to pray with us now, friends. But as, as I pray, if God is leading you to someone, if, if the Holy Spirit is, is impressing on you a, a certain individual, or it might be yourself, please write that name down, whether it's on your phone, your iPad, a piece of paper. As you're praying, if, if God brings that to your mind, please write that name down and take that person for a coffee. Make sure you set time out in your schedule maybe to call them. And I just, I charge you. This is the second thing that I ask. First is to read the second half of David's response. And the first is, or the, or, sorry, the first is to take, <laughs> read the second half. The second is to take this person out for, for coffee or, or visit with this person. And I charge you, friends, to listen just listen. In a time of chaos, in a time of worry, sometimes we just we need to listen because God is speaking and we are struggling. And once you've, once you've listened to, to their worries, their fears, their prayers and praises, I, just, I ask that you will pray with them. Before you meet together next Sunday, would you please do that? So, Lord, as we come to you today, Father, Jesus, our Savior, Holy Spirit, may you fill us today to do the work that you would have us do. May you give us hope for a better future. Will you help us to have a restful spirit that listens to those around us, that listens to the pain, the agony, the, the striving, and help us to be calm. Help us to bring your presence, God, that though they might feel like there's a no being said, God, that they might feel like they're struggling, that they might feel like nothing is working, God, that we know that you are our Savior, you are our healer. 
God, you make us more like you. And may we continue to strive after that, God. We look forward to the day that you come again as our ruling king. As David was the king of Israel. God, we just, we ask that you will give us a heart that listens to those around us. And may we bring peace as you've brought peace for us. For God, when you say no, you allow us to say yes to something better. Amen.